You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey everyone, I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to The Comics Hall. We're covering all the new books and releases this week from the week of Wednesday, November 18th. We are joined by our lovely moderator. Would you like to introduce yourself this week? Yes, I am Cassidy. Um, We're in the chats on YouTube, Facebook, the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. So if you're in any of those, give us a shout out. I'll be in there. If you're in all of those, give us a shout out. Yeah. We want to know if someone has every single channel open. Uh, but that will be your way to get in contact with Cassidy, who can <laughs> drop questions to us throughout the show. So we have a great show for you guys this week. A little bit of a uh, mix and match. We've got some stuff uh, for this week and then looking ahead to next week. But uh, without further ado, we're going to hop right into the comic book news. Uh, a little bit of a slow news week, but we've got some big uh, items on the list so first up in our comic book news is that Mad Cave Studios, who we have previously featured for the releases of Villainous and Stargazer, uh, have signed in a, a distribution agreement with Diamond Comic Distributors, ensuring that Diamond will exclusively distribute Mad Cave's books to comic shops worldwide, as well as in the North American bookstore market. This move will help the smaller publisher continue to grow and expand in the direct market, especially after earlier this year they announced their Maverick Young Adult Graphic Novels imprint. So I think this will be a great move for them to help get these books into the hands mm-hmm. of more readers and continue uh, to to grow the audience of Mad Cave Studios. Mm-hmm. Whatever keeps progressing the industry. I say. So also, uh, DC's newly announced Brazilian superhero Yara Flor, uh, who will be featured heavily in DC's upcoming Future State event, will reportedly be receiving her own Wonder Girl title from DC Comics earlier next year. Uh, there are very few details on the series right now, but it was announced by Deadline, who also noted that a CW series uh, based on Yara Floor is currently being developed by Greg Berlanti and uh, Dalen Rodriguez. Uh, artist and writer Joel Jones will t- uh, will tackle the Wonder Girl series following the first following the two issue Future State Wonder Woman event title. And Yara Floor has been described as the daughter of an Amazonian warrior and a Brazilian river god who must use her new found power to fight against evil um yeah we're getting a, we're getting a lot closer to future states so we're starting to get some more news uh so i mean that's she's just the first to you know we're projecting out of the event so i'm really excited to see where it's going yeah and if you guys use the comic hub app or you have the previews magazine uh the future state titles are available for pre-order right now i actually just submitted my order for like six or seven of those titles nice. to my local comic book store because those are our limited events you'll want to make sure that you pre-order so you don't miss one of the two issues coming out for mm-hmm. most of those books uh finally this has been a great year for comic book kickstarters uh this year alone comic book kickstarters have raised over 22 million dollars which is an increase of 30 percent in pledges from uh last year's funding uh these funds have helped to realize over 1300 comic book projects this year including scott snyder and tony daniels noctera the iron circus graphic novel patience and esther and the keanu reeves matt kint and ron garney berserker which received 1.45 million dollars to become the most highly funded comic book project of all time on kickstarter yeah this is huge uh it's a great sign for the um the I want to say the industry, but not the industry as you know it as the direct market. This is creators mm-hmm. taking books into their own hands, getting the publishing uh, directly to the fans. There's a number mm-hmm. of other comic book Kickstarters that are currently active through the end of the year. So if you're looking for creators to support, highly recommend taking a look through what book projects still need to reach their funding goals or which ones you can jump on uh, before uh, they hit their funding or before they close, but they may have already been funded this year. I 
Uh, I know off the top of my head, I backed at least three this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Very excited. I backed the Bone Herder, uh, True Cult, which is a Satanic Panic burger crime story, which I'm like <laughs> all in for, uh, and the Insider <laughs> Art by Shelley Bond, and like 150 different. That sounds great. Creators. I like all those words individually. So when you smush them together, you know, it sounds great. Paul, did you back any uh, comic book Kickstarter this uh, year? I did too. Uh, definitely, of course, on the list that Amy had just mentioned. Um, uh, Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniels Noctera. Uh, I, I, as soon as Scott Snyder tweeted about it, I, I had backed that. So I'm really excited to see uh, it come from fruition from saying, hey, this is the thing we want to do to now like, wow, we've got a lot of funding. Um, so we're going to have all of these extra incentives. I know it, it's really, uh, I think I did also did Oz or the Oz which is a uh, sort of a steampunk retelling of The Wizard of Oz. I believe that's Alice Cott. Um, I only th- I didn't throw as much money at that one, but I'm really excited to see kind of where that book goes. So, I mean, I, I, me and Amy have both backed Kickstarters before, and you, we, I'm sure you can attest to it. It's really fun to see it go from um, a tweet saying, hey, if you guys don't mind, I'm doing this thing, to physically in print in your hands. Yes, nothing- if you guys... If you guys in the audience backed any comic book Kickstarters this year, um, even ones that are still running, shout them yeah. out. I'd love to, to hear about them. Oh, yeah. uh, I know there's a couple that I missed this year, and I was also backing mm. a lot of board games. Kickstarter had a very good year this year. Uh, yes, but uh, comics are accessible on Kickstarter, so I think mm-hmm. that's a great place to look if you guys are ever curious about creators who want to bring their books directly to you with a little help. Yes. Uh, so that that does it for our comic book news this week. Uh, we do have our next segment, which is the panel of the week. Again, a, a hotly contested, uh, very exciting every week, edge of your seat, uh, battle of wits and egos. Uh, thankfully, neither Paul nor I are a Sicilian, so the, the, battle, of, <laughs> the battle of wits is a little more evenly matched here. Uh, but this week we decided, in the spirit of the upcoming holiday season, we wanted to determine which comic book feast is the best. And we, we were very careful about we wanted a feast of a sort, not a just a regular dinner, not just a mm-hmm. sit down at a table. Uh, Kind of akin to the Avengers shawarma scene. So uh, we did each pick mm-hmm. one from one of our favorite superhero teams. And I actually don't know which which one we have first in the rotation. Let's see. Chris, Chris is surprising us. There All right. Uh, so this was my panel. Uh, this is JSA number 56, written by Jeff Johns, artist by Don Kramer. Uh, the artist is Don Kramer, I'm sorry, and colors by uh, John Callis. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a wonderful panel at the end of a pretty brutal arc where they've all been, you know, fighting for a while. And then they realize at the end of it, like, hey, isn't it Thanksgiving? And then they all sit down and have a big event. Um, and this is, of course, uh, this is actually at Hawkman's, uh, Hawkman's house. You can see him there. Mr. Um, Hawkman. <laughs> um, and you see I, all of your favorites uh, from the Justice League and the Justice Society. Of course, my favorite up there, Mr. Wildcat. Um and it's a really great panel. And I thought like that is an actual feast. Like that is a feast that like I could sit down and seeing myself eat. So, and, and if you notice, Amy, you see the Adam in there, he's really small and he's sitting on like a salt, a salt shaker. I didn't notice. <laughs> you yeah. might be lying to me on screen, but no, no, nope. he's, you can he's see really him. Like, he's right. Um, can we bring it back up? Chris, you see him? He's right there by Martian Manhunter's <gasps> oh, <there> elbow. <laughs> yeah. There he is. Oh my goodness. I love That's it. That's adorable. Yeah. That's a great detail. Um, I chose Avengers number 24, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Asad Ribic. Uh, this is a little bit of a different type of feast. We've got the Avengers uh, gathered together with different members from across time and space. Uh, you see Thor grilling around a, a circular barbecue with Smasher, Cannonball, who I believe is Shang-Chi, Captain Universe, and a few others. Now, this is one of those ones where it's really hard to narrow down to one panel, but I wanted to choose the actual cooking panel. But 
my favorite panel actually comes after this is somebody asks if there's any more food and Thor says, bring forth the pies and the Hulk has like <laughs> 50 pies in his arm. But couldn't vote on that. Had to pick one panel. And so I chose the, the one in which Thor admits that he doesn't know how to grill a lobster. He tried and he failed. Um, so you guys voted. We both had uh, we had polls on our Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group and Instagram. Very mm-hmm. great turnout for each. Uh, actually, different winners on each, but we yes. calculated the votes overall. And this week, drum roll, please. Drum roll. You guys voted for Thor oh, at the grill. Oh, wow. So I have broken Paul's four-week hot streak. <laughs> yes, there goes my. I was trying to. I swept October. I was trying to sweep November, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work out. That's an awesome panel, um, and I also love that it evoked actual reactions from people saying, "Like, does this imply that he actually fought a lobster and lost?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, I, I will leave panel. that to the imagination of the viewers. But yes, thank you guys so much for uh, voting on that. Uh, very exciting. We will not have a panel of the week next week because yes. we'll get to it later, but we're not going to have a show next week. Uh, yeah. But when we come back with our next panel of the week, we'll be raring and ready to go because I want to see if I can run away with it for a few weeks. So we'll see. We'll see. And uh, I don't want to brag, but this one wasn't even close. <laughs> you won with an overwhelming majority. It was a little bit closer on Instagram. So I actually did win on Instagram. Um, but even still, if I I'd calculated, even if I took all your votes from Instagram and added it to the, the group poll, I still wouldn't have won. Wow. So people really love that panel. And I do think uh, shirtless Thor never, never hurts. So No, not at all. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this will mean something to you guys later, but we do have a code word for today's show. That code word is droids. Beep, 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 D-R-O-I-D-S. Mm-hmm. Droids. All, all caps. All caps. Co- code word is droids. All right. Now we'll wanna, just move on. Yeah, you'll want to hold on to that for later. We're not going to explain that one right now. I, I'd write it down if I were you. Next up, we've got our weekly haul. So this week yes. we are covering all the uh, the releases from New Comic Book Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, a, a great week for books. And so uh, we want to take some time to let you guys know what we picked up this week and what you should be keeping an eye out for. Yes. Um, so I will get us started. Uh, first up top, a, a wonderful lesson that everyone can learn is if you want a book, pre-order it because I made the mistake if you've known if you saw on our assets uh, I'm sorry on our social channels that I was going to aim Frank at home on the farm which is a wonderful indie book by Scout Comics um, and I just couldn't find it uh, anywhere and I was like I'm confident I'll have it and I did not pre-order it so that is a lesson as uh, a, a living lesson there is to pre-order your books when you can um, and it but, wasn't available on Comixology either, which either, would no. which would be a, a point for the accessibility factor of AIM. So, Paul, do you want to quickly explain for our viewers what AIM is yes. before we take it away into the, the poll list for this week? Yeah, sure do. So uh, what you're going to see right now is me and Amy are going to AIM two books each. Now, AIM is an acronym for our grading system, uh, our, our rating system, if you will. We don't use numbers, three out of 10, what have you. Uh, we use the AIM system. The A stands for accessibility. How easy is it to grab and read? Uh, you know, to understand and also how easy is it to find. Uh, now, the I in AIM stands for interest. Who would like this book? Uh, has it, you know, created a hubbub around the uh, comic book industry? Is there interest in it from all parties involved? And then the M is the is money, or as Amy likes to say, the monetary investment. What? How much are you paying for what you get? 
that's really the easiest way to put it. And so uh, we break all of this down for two books a week, basically. So I'll get us started with our first aim of the week. It was going to be Frank at Home on the Farm, but I was very happily surprised. I picked up a different book, which is Widowmakers, Red Guardian and Yelena Belova, number one. Uh, this is, of course, by Marvel Comics, uh, written by Devin Grayson, uh, art by Michelle uh, Bandini, and uh, colors by Eric Arcienega. Uh, this is a really great book. Uh, another book that I kind of I picked up on a whim. I had no real intentions. Let's, to be honest, if I had picked up Frank at Home on the Farm, I wouldn't have got picked this book up. I mean, but I'm really glad I picked this up because I'll probably read number two as well. So uh, getting right into the aim, the accessibility. You should be able to find this book at your local comic book shop pretty easily if you just were a walk-in for this. Um, and you should be able to find it uh, digitally as well. Uh, it is a new number one for Marvel. Usually that gets a pretty good push and a pretty good order for most shops. And there are a couple of really great variants for this. There is a um, Indigenous Voices cover for this as well. That's really great that I uh, picked up. So... Um, but we, Amy will get into what all that, all those words mean a little bit later. Um, but again, this is so far, we'd like to say true number ones or not true number ones. This is a pretty good true number one as far as Marvel standards go. I don't really know much about Yelena or the Red Guardian outside of maybe some of the more recent, um, was it Empire? Some of the, the recent Empire event. And I picked up this book, no problem. It was really good, really easy to just jump into. Uh, and now as far as the interest goes, um, I, as I mentioned, I wouldn't have picked this up if I had the other book, but I, I'm really, really glad that I did because this uh, comic, as it even mentions in the back matter of this book, it does tie in to Kelly Thompson's Black Widow story and apparently will loosely tie into the Taskmaster story that you'll remember that we had sort of um, – That <laughs> really, you raved about last That week. I raved about last week. That was so good. So uh, those three titles were all originally supposed to debut within the same month uh, and on – so, you know, Which week one – April. Which would have been April. So week one, two, and then three, and then week four would have been when I believe uh, – Black Widow would have come out or that order's flipped somehow. But it was all supposed to be like a uh, a Black Widow month really is in Marvel Comics in, in multiple medias. And so I, uh, I I like to say this fell in the uh, comic COVID chasm that it unfortunately got kind of bumped around due to everything kind of being uh, just weird with the industry, how it was for a little bit. But it it reads wonderfully. And honestly, if you are reading Kelly Thompson's Black Widow story. Uh, you really should pick this up. It it's uh, it it does say that it's going to tie into an arc later. So this it's sort of um, doing all of the the heavy lifting that I think it, like that Kelly Thompson would be doing and having to do um, flashbacks and whatnot. This is going to take care of some of that. So um, it's a really, really fun book. I really loved it. It's uh, four ninety nine and it's forty pages. So I mean, it was a it was oh, a wow. lot of book. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be so much, but um, it, it it read really fast. The art is beautiful, also in this. Um, and from what I had seen, I do believe that it is a mini series. I think it's only six issues, but we'll see. Um, a lot of those books, like Taskmaster um, and like Widowmakers, they were you know they were delayed. So I think they might actually be getting extended runs. But we'll see. But yeah, Widowmakers, Red Guardian, and Yelena Belova. Uh, it's a really fun book. You can find All it. Right. Go pick it up. Paul's, Paul's surprise vote of the week. <laughs> yes, I liked it. 
All right. Well, keeping on the Marvel train, I wanted to take a look at Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices number one uh, that came out this week. It is a one-shot anthology issue, uh, kind of in the series of Marvel's Voices. You may remember last, I want to say February, uh, but it could have been a different point because my my perception of the comics calendar is skewed. But uh, there was a previous Marvel's Voices release that featured uh, talent that have been on the Marvel Voices podcast. So um, before I get too far into this, there's a lot of writers and artists uh, that went into this uh, the creation of this book. So bear with me for a moment. Uh, we've got Jeffrey Varegi, uh, Rebecca Rowanhorse, Darcy Little Badger, Stephen Graham Jones, Weshayat Alvitre, Ky- uh, Kyle Charles, David Cutler, Roberto Poggi, Chris Peter, Felipe, so- Felipe Sobero, uh, and Lee Luffridge. So that is a, a huge, huge stacked uh, roster of writers, artists, all kind of mixed in there in that list. Uh, some people wrote and uh, drew their own work. So this, as I mentioned, is a one-shot anthology uh, that focuses on the indigenous characters of Marvel Comics, but also celebrating uh, the indigenous uh uh, writers that are kind of popular in the moment right now. Uh, we do have clarification. It was in February for Black History Month, the last uh, Marvel's Voices. So this is a celebration of storytellers. And for those of you who are not familiar with the uh, the podcast itself, it is hosted by the amazing Angelique Rocher, and it does focus on uh, storytellers in different mediums and kind of their unique perspectives and what they bring to their art. So this is a perfect kind of execution of that concept in comic book form. Uh, so accessibility, I found it very accessible. Um, it does a great job of explaining the characters that are uh, present in the story. There are three featured stories in the kind of anthology format here. Uh, but there's a really great frame with Uatu the Watcher who kind of explains the legacy mm. of these characters. Uh, so it's a very nice introduction to them. And you don't have to have listened to the podcast uh, to get this. I mean, you should absolutely listen to their podcast. Uh, I am a big fan of that that show myself uh but it's just a really nice highlight of uh first nations and indigenous superheroes written by people who share uh their culture so i the interest if you're looking for a unique entry into the marvel catalog i definitely think this fits the bill uh, especially celebrating some of the lesser known or lesser celebrated heroes on the cover you guys can see here we have danny moonstar uh we've got thunderbird and warpath and echo um, there are also characters like Silver Fox featured. There's really cool uh, inclusion of Kushala, who I will get to in just a moment. Uh, but there is a, a mention, at least, and a kind of acknowledgement of about a dozen and a half heroes uh, who all represent different uh, First Nations Uh, First Nations tribes, which I think is really cool. Uh, It's also very interesting because it does tie in loosely to the current X-Men comics. Uh, It's not by any means a necessity, but a couple of the stories do have relation to what's going on uh, in the Krakoan storyline, which is cool. And there is a little bit of a setup, I believe. It was very, very much a a kind of wink and a nod at the camera. A setup for where Echo might be appearing next uh, in comics because she hasn't featured heavily in a while. Um, I know she's very frequent in Daredevil runs, but there kind of was in the Rebecca Rowanhorse uh, and Wishayat Alvitre story, kind of a, a hint that Echo is going to be appearing more in the future of Marvel Comics. Fingers crossed. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, but for the M, uh, monetary, this is uh, $4.99. It's a slightly oversized anthology style issue. But the good news is it's also a one shot. So you don't have to purchase the one that came before, nor do you have to purchase uh the, there's a new Marvel Voices Legacies that's coming out next February uh, that they just announced this week as well. There's also a number of great covers to choose from. 
Uh, you guys are seeing the standard cover who the, the artist actually escapes me. Uh, but I know that there is an Afua Richardson cover. There is a Jeffrey Baraghi cover. There is the David Mack cover that features Echo because he is the co-creator of that character. So I actually picked that one up. Uh, there's nice. a lot of really great uh, characters going on in that. So the book also features an afterward essay by Taboo and B. Earl. And Taboo has been featured on the comics hall before for uh, Werewolf by Night. He also did the Red Wolf comic, I believe. Uh, and it, it, it reveals in the afterward that there will be an upcoming Kushala series in 2021 hmm. by this duo. And for those of you who don't know who Kushala is, she is the Apache warrior woman who is both the Sorcerer Supreme and possessed by the Spirit of Vengeance. So she is the, what did they call her? I think it was the, was it the Spirit Rider or... It, there, something she is she's got the powers of dr strange and ghost rider uh, at the like same time vengeance supreme <laughs> something like that uh really cool character Sick. she made her appearance in dr strange and the sorcerers supreme uh back in 2016 and so there will be a, a upcoming series of her uh and she's from the mid 1800s so it'll be really cool to uh, oh, see where nice. she pops okay. up next uh and yes um andrew Worshborn from let your geek side show said they announced another voices issue for february black history month uh yes so looking ahead to that i'm very excited about that as well uh, to celebrate Black History Month, there will be uh, both Black characters and Black creators featured. Uh, and I know that they've announced there's going to be a Blade story, a Luke Cage story. There's going to be Domino, nice. Monica Rambeau, and there will be writers like Nettie, uh, Nettie Okorafor, who did the Shuri series, uh, Danny oh, cool. Lore, Stephanie Williams, and more. So that one will be really exciting yeah. as well. Uh, I picked up the very first uh, Marvel Voices one they did. It had a great Brian Stelfreeze cover uh, for Black mm. History Month. So that'll be really fun to look forward to. So you guys can you can start listening to the podcast now uh, yeah. and hopefully be caught up in time for that release. But I highly recommend checking out Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices number one this week for a very nice, unique one-shot read uh, yeah. if you're looking for something fun and Marvel this week. Because <laughs> Marvel's now an adjective. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> um, so... The next book that I am going to aim for everyone is Sea of Sorrows, number one by IDW, uh, written by Rich Duick, and Art and Colors by Alex Cormack. Uh, for an example of the art, you can see right behind me, this is a, a panel. And if you are on the podcast, um, you can go back to YouTube and you can uh, watch and see what we're talking about or pick up Sea of Sorrows number one by IDW to see exactly what I'm talking about. You can also check our blog at geeksideshow.com. If you're listening in the podcast, it is now Thursday at least. Uh, mm -hmm. And the blog will go up on Thursday with all of the assets referenced in this show, all the covers, the panels, uh, anything you might've missed in the yes. audio format. Mm -hmm. um, so Sea of Sorrows, again, IDW uh, written by Rich Duick and art by Art and Colors by Alex Cormack uh, is set in the aftermath of World War One, when a formal naval officer hires uh, the SS Vagabond and he heads uh, to find a sunken U-boat and he has word that there is a fortune in gold down there. Uh, so they, you know, come to learn that not only do does everyone on board the ship hate each other, but there are other things that uh, they should be worried about you know, when walking on the bottom of the ocean. So it's a incredible, incredible book about um, really just, you know, the tensions outside of the environment that you're in, like the people that you surround yourself with. So, uh, but first, uh, as far as the aim goes, the accessibility, this is a, this was a pretty nicely marketed IDW book, uh, you know, all things considered. I, you should be able to find it. I saw a couple copies at our local comic shop, um, but it is definitely available on Comixology um, right now. I did check. So uh, it's pretty accessible if you wanted to just read it. I would recommend getting this book as well because the it's like a matte black almost that is on this cover. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. And then 
this is a true number one. You you don't need to know anything before you hop into this book and start reading. So you can just pick this book up and enjoy. Um, so I, this is one that I did order. So I was aware of this book uh, a couple months back, and I really wanted to read it. And I was I was pretty excited for it. Um, but you know, I was like, okay, like I'll you know I'll I'll get to it. I don't read much IDW to be honest. Um, and it's really because a lot of it's uh, some of their. A, a lot of it's like licensing stuff that they do. And I just, I'm, I don't follow the particular license, but this is one of the first, um, you know, original stories that they've done that's not based on a license that I really enjoyed, but the story is really creepy, really cryptic. Uh, Alex um, Cormac, his art is fantastic. To be honest, I am, I, he was not on my radar at all, um, but he is now. I really like the art that much. I would have probably bought this book just for the art itself but the story is fantastic as well if you are a fan of the hill house comic plunge you, you you're really gonna like this or if you're a fan of the um i believe it was F fxx or maybe i don't know it was a tv show uh and also based on a novel called the terror that is a uh a, a lot of <clears throat> Very big The Terror vibes uh, on this book, especially the it's like a period piece. Uh, this takes place, you know, almost a whole decade after that, because I believe it takes place in like the early 1700s, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm wrong about The Terror, but this takes place in, uh, I believe it's 1912. Um, and it's just a really, really fun book. Beautifully drawn, really creepy. Um it's not it's not making no pun intended it's not making huge waves in like the comic industry right now but i think it's definitely something that if you pick up you will enjoy um or you'll know right away i tell people you'll know right away whether you like it or not once you're done with it really really <laughs> easy read as far as the m in aim goes it's only 399 it's 32 pages and there are there are no ads in this so it's really just you're getting about 30 pages of just straight comic book reading uh it's really really fun and it's it's only three issues, so you only have to commit for three issues. Um, so that's a big reason why I added it to my pool because you know, I you can you can wait. It's already solicited to January, so it should be on track to um, be wrapped up. If you'd like to wait, or if you want to read it week by week, like with me, that would be fun too. So I can have <laughs> someone else to bother other than you can Amy. have a book club. I, yes, we'll have a book club. Um, but yeah, CSR is number one by IDW. Um, definitely should this should be on your radar, e even if it's just uh, to check out the first issue. You should really do it. And to add to Paul's point, because it is only a three issue miniseries, that mm -hmm. means it is a it is a, a lot faster turnaround for the comic book stores. So be sure to pre order it if you think you're going to commit to the whole three issues, yep. because it's hard for a store to go. Okay, well they picked up number one. Not sure if I should order number two and three for them as well, because most readers do actually tend to drop off between issues one and two, and then two and three, and then once you're mm -hmm. on issue three for larger series, is that's when people tend to stay, but you, it's a, it's a faster turnaround time. So always support your local store, let them know what you mm -hmm. want. Cause then they can help you get what you want. So, uh, <laughs> and then everybody wins. So speaking of kind of period pieces and like time jumping, uh, I actually, first of all, I'm jumping back to last week for a, a release that I really wanted to focus on, uh, that I love, but, 
uh, really fun romp through history, I've got Buffy Chosen Ones, the trade paperback from Boom Studios. Nice. So this is part of the uh, this is part of the new launch of Buffy Comics that has been going since 2019. Uh, if you follow Buffy at all, you do know that previously Dark Horse held the license for a number of years, but then Boom Studios acquired the license and has relaunched the series. Uh, so it's made the Dark Horse comics kind of harder to find until they are reprinted. Uh, but this is wholly set in the kind of new uh, Buffy relaunch. But the good news is, in terms of accessibility, you don't have to have read any of that. Uh, this is great for fans of the the television series or if you're curious about the new relaunch uh this again has a lot of it's an anthology style comic uh so there's a lot of artists and writers bear with me for a moment we've got on the talent side uh Marigrid scott nyla magruder ornella savares uh celia lowenthal alexa sharp lauren knight morgan beam and caitlin yarsky uh so this is a powerhouse uh of books and this is actually a combination of two one shots that have been released over the last couple of years of the buffy publishing line uh Blending both the Chosen Ones, number one, and Every Generation, number one. And you guys are seeing the cover currently. That is the Mirka Andolfo cover that was featured on the Every Generation comic. Uh, but it is now the cover of the trade paperback. So for accessibility in AIM, it does help to be familiar with Buffy, or at least the concept of Slayers, where into every generation one girl is born and she alone will stand against the forces of darkness, except for there's a high turnover rate uh, on the death rate of Slayers. So you're bound to get a lot of Slayers throughout history. Uh, I'd say that this trade is fairly accessible to the casual reader and is actually a great place to start if you're kind of not sure if you want to jump into the Boom Studios series. Uh, it has six individual stories in it, and only one of them is actually related to the events that are going on in the series. Mm. So you may not un you might not understand that one as much, but it is still accessible because it's an alternate universe Buffy that shows her what would have happened if she didn't have her friends with her while facing some certain big bads. But otherwise, the other five stories are completely unique, uh, brand new slayers throughout history. And I actually wrote them out. Because uh, I think it's it's worth noting like who what kind of lives we get to see of young girls who fight vampires. So there is a Filipina slayer named Matai who is active in 1910. We have an Irish slayer named Una who is active in 1947. A Chumash slayer who lived on the Sunnydale Hellmouth, uh, which is kind of the nexus of all evil, uh, in 1808. An Italian slayer, slayer named Silvia Placida Ramberti, who was alive in the 14th century, and a French slayer named Adelaide, who was alive and active in 1820. Uh, so it's a lot of really fun time-jumping stories. All of these girls approach their duty in a different fashion. Uh, I know and recall that uh, Adelaide was one of the more like, I love being a slayer. I'm a noblewoman, and I'm going to take out vampires, while some of the other girls have a uh, stronger sense of duty and responsibility to them, depending on when they were activated as the slayer. It's a lot of fun. And so I think everybody who, even if you haven't watched the full series or if you haven't read the new comics, there's something to jump in on here. And if you're a fan of Supernatural Monster Slayer comics, I mean, that's that's what this whole book is. Uh, so for interest, as I've kind of mentioned, uh, if, if, you've, if you've watched the series, if you liked the Dark Horse comics, if you didn't like the Dark Horse comics, maybe if you didn't like what they're doing with the modern boom stuff, I still think this is worth a look. Um, it is very reminiscent of the Dark Horse Tales of the Slayers, which did a similar thing, introducing different slayers throughout history. Um, and there's just a lot of fun uh, historical settings and the artwork changes beautifully from artist to artist to reflect uh, the different kind of story and tone for each of the nice. characters. 
in terms of your monetary investment, this is a $16.99 trade paperback. Uh, it is about the same price as both of the individual one-shots, which were $7.99 when they were printed, but uh, the price difference increase is also accounting for the fact that there is additional material in the graphic novel, mm -hmm. uh, especially an inclusion of the cover gallery. I think that's always beautiful with uh, trade paperbacks, is if you couldn't collect every individual variant cover, uh, mm -hmm. especially for the fact that these... Uh, one shots were $8 a piece when they originally published and there were so many different covers. Uh, they print a gallery of the fun uh, variant covers, which all did feature different slayers, uh, even some that weren't in the stories, just kind of unique nice. uh, takes on the slayers. And if you are watching the live format right now, uh, I believe I pulled I pulled the background from one of the variant covers. I believe this is meant to represent Una, the the uh, the Irish slayer, uh, because she does deal with uh, vampires in a cathedral, which is a very beautiful uh, nice. setting. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, and for the the discrepancy as well for the the page versus money, uh, the original one shots were only eighty pages combined, forty pages each, and this. Uh, this graphic novel is 112 pages. So that does give you the cover gallery and some extra credits pages uh, and just a really nice cover to cover bound up format uh, that collects these two uh, previously released issues. Hmm. I've been, I've, it's no secret if you're in the let your geek side show Facebook group that I've been, I've just been really jamming on Buffy uh, this, this I, quarantine I did, period. I didn't even realize you've ever seen the show. Uh, you know, I <laughs> haven't finished it yet, so no spoilers, but I'm going to finish it this week. Uh, very excited about that. But it, this is just really fun, and I do I do love that idea of the historical slayers because there's yeah. so much storytelling potential there because they do live such short but uh, poignant lives, most of them. Uh, so there's a lot of fun to be had exploring those different corners of the Buffy universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of a book that I believe um... – I think it's Kayla McKenzie who's doing a book on future state. She did that for Supernatural and had talked oh, about cool. all the generations of hunters. So it's very similar. I mean, those shows have some similarities, but oh yeah. In all fairness, Buffy did it first. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now we're gonna do a quick rapid fire round. I didn't have a lot of books this week, but I do want to mention the other ones I wasn't able to aim, uh, and then we will get into our next segment. Uh, so on my poll list this week, I also had the conclusion of the Buffy Willow spinoff, number five. Uh, I also had Once in Future, number 13 from Boom Studios, and Die, number 15 from uh, Image Comics. So it was a double Kieran Gillen week. And it's not a comic book, but it's important to note, uh, Wizards of the Coast has released their latest D&D &D compendium, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, which was also on my poll list this week. And it is amazing. It gives every class new subclasses, and there's a lot of fun magic items and rules. So if you are a tabletop gamer, uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything did just come out this week. Nice. All right. Um, on mine, also a very small week, I picked up uh, – I've got Batman number 103, Dark Knight's Death Metal number 5, uh, Rorschach number 2, Justice League, uh, one of the Death Metal tie-ins. That's Justice League number 57, Stillwater number 3, Cable number 6, Hellions uh, number 6, and I also did pick up Marvel Voices as well. That's um, a small week. <laughs> that is a small week for me. Normally, <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, I'm usually well over 10 books, so – um, but I, I, I'm doing my best to <laughs> read everything for all of you. Um, but yeah, so that was our rapid fire round. Um, again, small week for both of us, but I, I think it's, uh, it's nice. It allows us to kind of catch up, but I'm still in the middle of dark Knight's death metal and I am like four issues behind. And so I'm, I was telling Amy earlier, I was gonna, I might aim that book, but I was like, there's so much, there's so much going on that I'm I gonna can't do wait for everyone. future state to start. And you go, Amy, I just finished death metal. <laughs> I know I better Finally. finish it before. Cause it, it, future state comes directly out of dark Knight's death metal. 
I'll, I'll have a four-hour wrap-up show. Don't worry, everyone. I'll explain Excellent. everything. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Comics Hall After Dark, where Paul just talks about death metal. Uh, but we do have another segment this week, uh, not quite comics-related, but it's where you can find Paul and I, uh, and it is a lot of fun sideshow community stuff. we got Geeksgiving coming up. Yes. I actually think Geeksgiving starts tomorrow, doesn't it? It sure does. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, we've got a, a ton of really, really great things sort of coming up. Um, Geeksgiving is going to run from November 19th, that's tomorrow, to the 26th, and all activities will take place between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Now, why do we mention that? Because this is the um, this is the the nice twin when compared to Spooktacular, where Spooktacular is no mercy and it's this fun, competitive, spooky show. Uh, Geeksgiving really is about honoring all of you out there in whatever fashion that you are tied to sideshow it's a big thank you to you um and the reason that those hours are what they are is so that you do not have to worry about staying up all night and getting reward codes everything that we are going to have is in between 8 a.m and 6 p.m pacific that's so, a nice little that's a nice little break yes uh just it it speaks to the yeah it speaks to the thankfulness of the the holiday uh, but that doesn't mean there's any less exciting stuff from Spooktacular. Yeah. Uh, oh, there are going to be uh, giveaways and reward uh, point opportunities. You can actually register now uh, for Geeksgiving. And as always, registration is free. It only benefits you. And those who have registered uh, do have uh, extra opportunities mm -hmm. for registrant-exclusive giveaways and random reward point opportunities. If you saw during Spooktacular, there were random emails uh, to some lucky participants who had registered. Uh, so that is free. And I do we have yeah. a short link? For Geeksgiving right now? We sure do. Yeah, we've got two. Uh, two that you should all write down. Cass, um, if you could please uh, drop these links for them as well and whatever, wherever, whatever channel they're watching on. Um, so the first one, where you, the most important one, is side.show forward slash Geeksgiving. So that is the short link that, or the link that you're going to want to follow to register. That's going to be your hub for the Geeksgiving event. Again, registration is free. And it is it just opens up so many opportunities, like Amy was saying, for reward codes uh, during Spooktacular. So, you know, at one point we sent 500 people one dollar, and then at another time to people who were just registered, and then another time we had we sent two people a hundred dollars in reward codes, reward points. So um, it does pay to register; it's completely free, and it keeps you up to date on all things Geeksgiving. And then the There's a other... nice, little, nice little countdown going on on that Geeksgiving page, too, so it it's starts just... in seven <laughs> hours and 22 minutes. It's just mocking me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, remember, be back at your desk by this point. Um, and then the other one that you're all going to want to bookmark, and I, and, I and I do mean really, really bookmark it, is side.show forward slash geeksgivingguide. Uh, side.show forward slash geeksgivingguide. Now, that is going to be your guide to the entire event. Um, it's so well written. And I know that because Amy wrote it. So, um, and what it is is basically a really good. Sorry, my dogs are going nuts, of course, because they're, they love they're, Geeksgiving. They're so hyped for Geeksgiving. Um, it's just a great way to sort of keep everything under one umbrella and one roof and sort of uh, keep track of what's happening. There are hyperlinks in there if you want to just jump to certain spots. Um, so, for everyone out, out there asking, what is Geeksgiving? Um, I maybe you've this is our I believe our third or fourth annual Geeksgiving. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's third. I think third, it's our I third. Think. <laughs> um, so geek, during the holiday season, you know, we like to 
like I said, everyone takes a deep breath and express sincere and legitimate gratitude for everyone, um, not only outside of Sideshow, but within Sideshow, uh, to all of you, the fans out there. And, you know, we want to thank the, the the community for being the awesome community. So this is, like I said, the really nice twin version of Spooktacular, where it really is um, just all about being grateful and doing what we can for you all. Um, and that, I mean, you know, and one of the ways that we're showing that is Sideshow Gives Back. Amy, do you want to explain a little bit about Sideshow Gives Back? Yeah, so it's a campaign that we run every year. Um, so you may be familiar, you might have heard that name before, but uh, every year we like to give back to our collector community. Uh, and and it's a really sweet program where if you have a family member or a friend or a loved one who's kind of in need of a, a little extra cheer this season, uh, you can submit a kind of nomination for them uh, in 200 words or less telling us what you think they would love to receive and why. Um, we can't fulfill every single request, but I do know that a, a a nice number uh, do get yes. fulfilled each year, and it's a it's a fun opportunity. We we ship things uh, to the recipient, so you you do have to have their address, um, mm-hmm. and you can't nominate yourself. Uh, and uh, they are sent a gift that says "Don't open until the holidays," but it is a a nice surprise uh, as nominated um, because of something that they've done or something that they like. Just a a a reason why you think that they're exceptionally yeah. deserving of something. Maybe it's, they just had just, a, a hard, hard 2020. 2020 has been, been funky. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everybody could uh, use a little cheer this season. So you can submit to that again. We can't fulfill every request, but if you, if you don't submit, then there's no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, it is a lot of fun. So you can check that out in the geeks giving guide. We do have a link to that mm-hmm. uh, on, on that as well. We also have, uh, we've got black Friday discounts that are currently running. Uh, as you guys know, we're an online website, so you don't have to, uh, there's no doorbusters necessarily of, of physical places you have to be, but there are a ton of giveaway, uh, not giveaways, discounts that are yes. running currently. Um, so you can check those out and uh, there will be more, uh, stuff popping up through Black Friday, Cyber Monday is coming up that whole mm-hmm. week. Uh, I think everything, is, every, every day is a, a, the society has declared there's Cyber Monday and something <laughs> on Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, you guys will want to keep an eye out on our Black Friday discounts. Um, those are live right now that you can check out as well. Um, mm-hmm. Paul, you're an uh, expert on discounts, especially ones that happen really quickly, maybe live, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to explain where I'm going with this. Amy, I don't know what you're talking about. Darn it. <laughs> Write it in the chat. Yes. Uh, so just like with uh, Spooktacular, we have so much going on under the umbrella of Geeksgiving. Of course, we've got reward codes. We've got discounts. Um, we've got some really, really awesome game shows, of course, that we've got. Um, we've Instead of cobbled cosplay this year, we've got gobbled cosplay. Um, we've got some win, lose, or die coming up that maybe someone is writing one. I'll be maybe. returning to host <laughs> a, a chilling episode of Thanksgiving-themed win, lose, or die. I'm not going to give any hints about what it might be about, but I think it's going to be fun and a little extra challenging. Yes. Uh, I'm not looking to, to have a total wipeout. I don't want to kill everybody uh, ahead of our Thanksgiving celebrations, but uh, there will be a fun prize reward for whoever can get through my story. And there will be, uh, I know, at least one other win, lose, or die story. Um, and we are looking we for, we're still looking for uh, contestants, right? Uh, we sure are. Yes. Um, so I believe you can go. Um, thank you. Kat. Cassidy is going to drop the link for everyone in order to uh, be a contestant. Um, yeah, we're, we are looking. We look basically for contestants up until the last game show, which should be the 26th. Um, or is 26th Thanksgiving? 26th Thanksgiving? I think so. Okay. So then the 25th, because we're not working yes. on Thanksgiving. 
Yes. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, unless Amy needs me to work, I, I think she's my boss. I always say that I'm not a hundred percent sure, but uh, yes, what Amy was alluding to a little bit earlier is um, a couple of times during Geeksgiving, maybe after, if you, uh, we've got a new fun, I would say game show, a new fun uh, show that we put on called Steal the Deal, which is a, it's a show in which we have uh, exclusive flash deals. Um, Deals that go by really fast, not just the Flash, the superhero. You know, we're not just giving away the Flash uh, comics and whatnot, although I would love that. Um, but basically, these are really, really deep discounts um, that you can only get during that show. If you participated in the last one that me and Autumn did, uh, shout out, let people know that uh, I'm not I'm not fooling. We had almost uh, the Jabba the Hutt six scale um, piece that, you know, by Sideshow, it was almost $300 off. Um, yeah, we're, we definitely aren't playing. And the thing is, is it's limited by quantity. So it'll say for the first three people, you get the Mark L for $150 off. So that's just an example of what we've done previously. Um, it's really fun. Uh, you guys absolutely knocked it out of the park. It was so much fun. I think we really expect, we're like, oh, we'll I have like a hundred people show up and there's almost 800 of you. Um, wow. so these deals do fly. Uh, and it's perfect because we sort of pull from everywhere on the Sideshow website. So hopefully uh, there is a deep discount or a or a deal that you would like to steal from one corner of the Sideshowverse that you would all like. Uh, you know, Christmas is coming up. So it's, it's a great time to shop. So, you know, that is uh, what Geeks Giving is. That is what is going to uh, fill up your brains for the next couple of days until the 26th. So... Um, we really wanted to just spend some time and talk about it because it really is, it's truly such a fun event. It's going to be really great this year. Yeah. And, uh, and in case you need to wrap your head around all of that, not only did we drop the link to the guide, but there will be daily wrap ups on weeknights at 5 p.m. Pacific in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group exclusively uh, in that group. So you guys can uh, get the lowdown with Paul and Autumn and maybe some other people who pop in. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always a very fun time as well. <laughs> uh, and then, and then it ends at 6 p.m. and you're released from your Geeks Giving contract to go enjoy yes. the rest of your evening or your morning, depending on what time zone you're in. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on, but uh, we wanted to get ahead of the action a little bit early with a giveaway of our own uh, mm -hmm. for the Comics Hogs. We're in the spirit of giving, uh, so it will be running for the first couple of days of Geeks Giving. Uh, can we bring Cassidy back up on screen uh, to help us explain this awesome contest? We do have some assets that go with it, so maybe we... Yeah, there we go. Hey, Cassidy. Hi, Hello. Cassidy. Hello. So, Hi. Uh, what are you helping us give away for the Comics Hall? So, um, we are giving away this week. It is just going on for about two days or so. The Darth Vader number one um, variant cover done by Alex Ross with mm -hmm. the, you see it right there, the Boa Fett cover. Mm -hmm. um, he has personally signed it, too. We have it in our office. Um, so, yes. this is super rare, super limited edition. Super exciting. Certificate yeah. of Authenticity the, from the Alex Ross store. Mm -hmm. There's the COA yes. right on the back there. Mm -hmm. So, um, What yeah. you guys are seeing on screen are actual pictures of the, the piece we have in hand. It is bagged and boarded for your comic book security pleasure. Mm -hmm. uh, I love this cover. It's very reminiscent of uh, the, the um, animated droids uh, special, I think, in which he appears. And he's kind of like... 
Oh. I, that's what I think. That's what I'm pretty sure that the image is, and someone in the chat so will recognize yes, it. Yes, they will uh, I could be completely know. wrong, <laughs> uh, but they will definitely let us know. But speaking of droids, uh, you guys remember our right. code from earlier in the show? Cassidy, tell them where they can use that. Um, So I just dropped the link right now. You can use it there. There are a few different ways you can enter. Um, the secret code is the one that's going to give you the most entries. You can also um, answer the holler at the hall question, which I think you'll drop a little bit later um and then uh you know check us out on social media through gleam and those all count as entries yes um and of course everyone as with all of our sideshow giveaways it is us only so um if you would like to review all of our terms and conditions when it comes to giveaways and such head to side.show forward slash contest um and i would bookmark that just to have it uh just in case i keep telling people to bookmark a lot of things do i don't know if people still use bookmarks i do every day <laughs> they just so, keep 75 tabs open at all times and when your browser crashes then you're sol <laughs> oh all of these people are autumn then and it just gives me anxiety <laughs> yep. oh you're just gonna you're just gonna out autumn on the stream right now oh yeah she knows um <laughs> and so um yeah side.show forward slash contest so you can see all of the rules for all of our giveaways um you know due to international giveaway laws anything that we give away uh, at sideshow is going to be us only um so again i believe that short link for everyone out there listening is side.show forward slash darth vader variant giveaway that's side.show forward slash darth vader variant giveaway um and there's a couple of different ways that you can enter everything you'll need to know is at that link that cassidy has dropped and uh th thank you so much cassidy for popping back in and and helping us it's definitely not because she didn't trust that I'd remember all of those finite details. <laughs> That's definitely not why we brought her on. <laughs> That's exactly why. She keeps the uh, she keeps the giveaway knowledge uh, straightened in her head. I actually uh, just looked it up myself because I was curious. It's uh, it's based on the Star Wars holiday special, but it's the animated segment with, <laughs> with Boba Fett and the droids because it was killing me. I um, just eat at you. <laughs> yeah, it, it was seriously going to. But yes, that giveaway will be open until, uh, I believe, 6 p.m. this Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, again... 6 p.m. is when you just you check out mentally from Geeks Giving, but uh, nice. that's a really cool addition. Uh, I'm super jealous. I mean, Alex Ross's covers are, are highly sought after, yeah. so that's really exciting. And with that uh, and the Geeks Giving reminder, we wanted to let you guys know we will not be hosting a comics hall next week, uh, which will be November 25th. So there's no show. We're not going to be uh, posting a panel of the week just yet. But we do have a holler at the hall question that we'll be running, and we will uh, pick up for our next show uh, mm -hmm. on December 2nd. So come back. 4 p.m. Pacific for the live show and then the following Thursday for the podcast format. But December 2nd will be the next episode of Holler at the Hall um, or uh, the Comics Hall. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> uh, that, is the, that is the smaller segment in a larger show. The next episode of the Comics Hall. Um, and we hope that you guys all have like a, a very nice and safe uh, holiday. Yes. But we're not done with you just yet because obviously you've got Geeks giving stuff to do. But we do have our last segment, which is Holler at the Hall. Uh, we no, asked you guys... We asked you guys a, a thought-provoking, head-scratching question last week. What truly underrated comic book series do you love and think everybody should read? You can't be an underrated comic book series if you have 12 Eisner wins. <laughs> Not even nominations. 12 Eisner wins. Uh, but you guys did have some great answers. A lot of them, actually, I have not read. So I am very curious to uh, see what has inspired these people to say that. So um, our first response. 
Oh, there you go. No, no, yeah. no. Sorry. Our first response from the Let Your Geek Sideshow Facebook group is uh, from Sarah Muckenfuss, who said, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Uh, John Rivera's story was totally amazing. Michael Avon Oming and uh, Nick Filardi made some seriously psychedelic art. It's a book about exploring inside of the earth and space later, but it's also about exploring what it means to be a single dad with a college-age daughter. Um, now, I believe that that did come from the Young Animal release that kind of had the same uh, Shade the Changing Girl Mm-hmm. And uh, the the really cool Doom Patrol from Gerard Way. Uh, that was yeah. that was the book I missed out on, and I didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. But it's good to know that it's got some fans out there. Yeah, and I believe um, if uh, the internet has not lied to me, uh, that Gerard Way did do a lot of the plotting on that one as well. I oh, think cool. as he did with a lot of the Young Animal stuff, because I really think there was a lot of pressure on him to make sure all of these books got out on time, because Young Animal is sort of his baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also had um, Banksy Rob say Sleeper by Ed Brubaker. Uh, he said it changed the way I look at reading comics. He's, and he said, for that matter, actually anything by Ed, Ru- Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Um, yeah, that's another book that I had always wanted to read. I do not read enough Ed Brubaker. Uh, I've only got – I just picked up Pulp by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, um, but I don't read nearly enough. So, yeah, he said Sleeper there. Very nice. Hey, and maybe that was a sleeper title that people should be picking up now. Yeah? No? Maybe? (laughs) Paul, you can't leave me out to dry here. (laughs) No, no. It plays really well in the podcast format, I promise. Thank you. People will will know. (laughs) Uh, So we also had Armando uh, Ferrero say, The Judas comic series uh, from a few few years back by Jeff Loveness and Hakub Rebolka. It's a very well done and striking telling of the tale of Judas Iscariot with haunting art and very interesting musings on the moral and philosophical quandaries proposed in his betrayal. He said it was, it's, it's always a wonderful short read. Yeah. All right. Another and book I never heard of. Yeah. And wrapping up this segment, Caitlin Cook said, Alice Cott's brief run on secret Avengers. Oh man, it was absurd and hysterical and not typical at all. I loved every bit of it. I love to hear that. Uh, books that are just absolutely, especially if you've got Avengers in the title, you're expecting a certain amount right. of decorum perhaps, uh, but secret Avengers and, and titles like that uh, do get a little bit more license to play. Whereas the the flagship Avengers title has to keep it a little more uh, traditional, fighting big cosmic bads and all that. Um, right. Paul, did you have a, a an underrated book that you just you want to soapbox about really briefly? God, I you know I was thinking about this since we had talked about it, and there were so many that like I think we could really just get into. One of the books that I really loved, and I was the only one picking it up, like I was the only one pulling it at the time, was Revival by Tim Seeley. Mm. Um, and Mike Norton. It's an image book. Really, it's it's sort of if you've ever seen um that show The Bubble, I believe it's called, or oh, the dome. The dome. And not the bubble. <laughs> the the bubble is the PG version of the yes. dome. <laughs> yes, that's the prequel to Bubble Boy. Um, and so it, yeah, it's called The Dome. Where but basically anyone in this town, uh, they, they don't die. So People bring dead bodies over to die in this town, so they live forever. But if they leave that town, they um, they they die, and a lot of them can't leave that town. A so, little bit still water. A little bit still water. Um, yeah. So this, I mean, I believe this book was back. Yeah, this was 2017. Um, oh no, it was 2012. I'm sorry, 2017 is when it got re- re- redone. But so yeah, so 2012. I mean, it's an older book. Uh, it's really fun. And Mike Norton does an incredible job on the art. So uh, if you can't go pick it up revival uh, by image comics, it's on comiXology right now. The first issue, I'm sorry, the first uh, 
uh, trade paper is actually free with Comixology Unlimited. So nice, yeah, definitely. And mine is the six issue Weird World series from Marvel, not the Jason Aaron one that was a tie into Secret Wars, but the Sam Humphreys, Mike Del Mundo uh, Weird World, which is about Becca, a human girl, and Golita the Wizard Slayer on their trek across weird world in a pink cadillac uh and it is amazing it's got deep cut characters like jennifer kale uh and morgan lefay and it's just it's mike del mundo dude like i don't even have to explain but his art is amazing and it was just such a fun (laughs) and heartfelt tale about trying to find your way home but also making a new home for yourself and it just completely missed everybody's radar and I loved it so much and I'm so sad it only got six issues and I frequently tweet at the editors asking them to bring it back. <laughs> well, because th- that book took place during the, the huge event, right? So I mean of – Well, it the the Sam Humphreys one spun out of Secret Wars. Um, the oh, one that Jason Aaron did was specifically about a um, barbarian character whose name escaped me. So it was like – it was kind of Jason Aaron's typical Thor, Conan um, – barbarian guy battling the monsters of weird weird world but sam humphreys was about a uh, young girl who her flight kind of almost bermuda triangled and like crossed into the line of weird world and she got marooned there and kind of had to make her way uh back home and it actually had some really interesting repercussions for the reality stone uh going into the infinity countdown event and so people were like people were like where did the reality stone show up and it was it was hiding in Weird World the whole time as a dragon called the Wuxian Seed. Anyways, read nice. that read that book. It's only six issues. It's so beautiful. Mike Del Mundo's artwork is insane. Uh, but that is my soapbox for the moment. Uh, we do have a new question for you guys that you have time to think about. We don't need to rush to hear your answers, but you can use the answer as a uh, entry method on our Gleam for the Boba Fett uh, variant Darth Vader giveaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we want to know, is there a comic that you originally did not enjoy when you read it monthly? But maybe later changed your mind when you reread it in trade paperback or hardcover format, or even if you reread it in single issues. Was there a book that you changed your tune about? Yes. Uh, I especially want to know if the switching from the monthly to having it all in your hand to binge read uh, played a factor. But if it was a series that you then reread in single issues, let us know. We want to hear about that too. That will be read on our December 2nd show because, again, we will yes. not have a November 25th show of the yes. Comic Call. So you've got a lot of time to really think about it. Um, but if you're using if you're using it as an entry for the gleam, you can come up with an answer now, enter the gleam, and then change your answer later if you want to tell us in the Geek Side <laughs> Show group. But uh, the, remember, our contest does close uh, on Friday, yes. uh, which is what is the date on the Friday? That is November twentieth. Dates are yes. hard. <laughs> yeah, so no, so many of them we just said today. <laughs> Um, anyways yes. i know we've we've run a little bit long uh but we hope that you guys are sufficiently prepared for geeks giving we hope that you found something new and interesting this week to read as well uh learn from paul's mistakes and always pre-order your books uh i can't laugh too much because i did the same darn <laughs> thing with vampire the masquerade uh, a couple months back but <laughs> we make uh, the mistakes for you yeah, we we make the mistakes so you don't have to, and you can learn from us and say, yes. look at the funny internet people, and they, <laughs> they don't know how to order books. Uh, anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for participating. Hope you guys had fun in the chats. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on the comics or at the Comics Hall on yes. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can always email us at the Comics Hall at sideshow.com. Mm-hmm. As always, I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And this has been the Comics Hall. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. 
You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at The Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Geek Side Show.